This episode of the Two Fit Crazy in a Microphone podcast is brought to you by Allstate. Yep, that's right. You're in good hands with Ben Sayer, Sayer Financial Services. Uh, be covered when uh, mayhem strikes. Home and auto coverage with Sayer Financial Services, Allstate, 732-449-4433. Check them out. Get a quote. Get on it. Mayhem happens. Be covered. And who else, Christine? Contifit.com. Com. You heard it right, everybody. Contifit.com. The best in personal training, in coaching, running, in your overall health. You want to feel better. You want to move functional fitness and coming at you. Let's face it together. Trademarked facial fitness and rehabilitation program. Looking better, feeling better. And uh, it's time to make some great changes for you. Contifit.com. Also brought to you by High Five Health and Fitness. Create positive change in your life with High Five Health and Fitness. And uh, really, when was the last time you sat down and talked to somebody about your health and where you are right now and where there is areas that can be improved and what needs to be done to feel better? Uh, and that's what we do. So uh, check it out, highfivehealthandfitness.com. It is Christine Conte. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at it's uh, yeah beyond, beyond words yep. christine conti episode 144 I, I mean i don't even know what where to start we'll start because... with the, we'll start with the gentleman's name okay well yes i i am relentless and there's certain people that i see that pop up and know people and i love people and people that are making big changes in the world i want to be their friend That's i'm gonna right. talk to them and what? this guy is no different Chad Wright. Right? How about Chad Wright? So Navy SEAL, interesting story about how he got into the SEALs. Uh, you'll hear it all. Oh, yeah. Right? Ultra runner, right? C-H-A-D-D-W-R-I-G-H-T. Chad Wright. Instagram, you better follow him. Uh, his Instagram is amazing. It really is. It's like, you know, Christine's right. You, you see people doing things and you're like, I want, I want to, to know more about that. I, I like what's up with this and I got to see it. So again, for uh, Navy SEAL, um, interesting story behind from that. From Georgia. From Georgia, uh, ultra runner. Uh, and, and just really, um, he's, he's got a, a project going on right now, helping people with, um, with their, you know, their mind, body and spirit, uh, through ultra running, which you know, it, it sounds it sounds wild, but it's man, it's just like he's one of the top in the world. By the way, like that's how good he is. Yeah. That's how amazing he is. And we're doing a terrible. We're not even doing him justice right now because his story is touching. This is persistence. This is he was had this dream that he would be a, a Navy SEAL out of you know not even going on from high school and you know goes joins the military is going to go through this. He's told no medically he could never do this. And imagine, I mean, you get into here, you're told no. And he was like, yeah, that's not happening. Sought out a doctor, a special doctor to perform the surgery goes back. It's and crazy. you're going to hear it from his, it's, it's an extreme story of an extreme life without it being extreme but because it's, so it's coming through the simple, most humble oh voice, you know, faith filled, uh, it it really is just a, a very impressive. Uh, He's a uh, thing. beautiful human being. It's amazing, right? Uh, you know, it's like you, you talk you talk to people. You're like, I want some of that, right? You know, yeah. I want some of that. Um, and and uh, you know, I I guess my request for this episode is when you get done and you hear all of this, share it. 
mm-hmm. because people need to hear this, right? And not just, you know, because, yeah, it's our show and everything, and you should share every single episode and that you we should ever download, do like, and, and everything, blah, and all blah, that blah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, but this is something that's going to touch you, and, uh, and it's going to, uh, you know, the world needs more of it. So uh, our, our mission is to have as many people uh, as possible a, listen to this. And he served. It's, I mean, we're thankful for mm-hmm. his service and then thankful for his service post-military because now he's using his gift, his experience, to change people's lives it's it's a it's a hero doing heroic stuff it's uh it's a beautiful thing so here we go this is episode 144 of the two fit crazies and a microphone podcast and we got chad right here we go Christine Conti and I'm Brian Prendergast and we are two fit crazies and the microphone we are where it's at Brian you know where it's at today right 144 I love it we got we got a ringer here I'm excited and everyone happy Valentine's Day (laughs) did not say that yet today and if you're a Valentine's Day hater you know what it's always a nice day to appreciate or tell the people in your life you love them absolutely so do it today about that i'm they living all right so speaking of hearts speaking of hearts big hearts and (laughs) just changing the world and i'm super excited last night um as we bring on i'm gonna say it chad wright today on our podcast we're super super excited last night i'm talking to my son what are you doing tomorrow and he said mom what are you doing i said you know what i've got a podcast with this amazing guy and he said, well, who is he? I said, his name is Chad Wright. And he said, well, who? I said, you know, you, you should look him up. I said, because he is someone who had a dream, had a passion, ran into some major obstacles, and decided he was letting nothing get in his way. Is that correct, Chad? Yeah, that's exactly right, Christine and Brian. Thank you guys so much for having me on the show this morning. Um, it's an absolute honor to be here with you. Um, I'm really looking forward to the conversation. But yeah, to answer your question, yeah, I did have a dream and I ran into some uh, some obstacles and, and some pretty large obstacles along that uh, route to achieve uh, my goal or victory, whatever you want to call it. And um, it's all good because uh, I think they those those obstacles were a big part of the journey and obviously they're a big part of why I am who I am today. So, so let's get right into that. And for, I mean, first and foremost, thank you for your service. Um, you know, appreciate it very much and love what all you guys do. Um, there are, aren't many, you know, that would volunteer, volu- you know, take their time and, and, and do what you do, uh, you know, as, as a soldier. Um, and there are even less and probably maybe even only one that would go to the extent that you went to in order to uh, fulfill your dream or, you know, f- you know, destiny or whatever it is that you would want to frame it as. Uh, 
to become a SEAL? Um, you know, you had the heart condition. Uh, tell us about that. I guess let's take us like, you know, first you, you wanted to become a SEAL, and that was the, the first and foremost thing, and then you were dealt with that adversity. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I decided I wanted to become a SEAL at a, uh, I guess, not a super young age. Um, I was uh, about 18 years old, had just graduated high school, um, was kind of working a dead-end job in my hometown, and uh, realized that uh, school wasn't really my forte. It wasn't something I enjoyed, so uh, furthering my education wasn't on my list of things that I wanted to do. Um, and I think that's the same story that a lot of us, you know, military guys have. So, um, yeah, decided I wanted to become a SEAL. And uh, that was a journey in and of itself, just getting uh, into the Navy with a SEAL contract. And when I finally arrived uh, on the last day of what is boot camp, Navy boot camp, they pulled me aside and told me I had to go to medical and um, I walk into the diabetical officer's office and he tells me that I have this thing called a pericardial cyst on my heart. It's an asymptomatic condition. It's a very rare condition. Uh, but they were afraid that when I dove underwater that the pressure change would burst the cyst. So they told me, he told me that in that moment, a definitive answer that I could not be a SEAL um, I would never have the option to be a SEAL, and they were going to send me out to the big Navy, the fleet Navy, um, to, I guess, serve out the rest of my enlistment. But that was not where I had set my goals. So I cut all ties with the Navy, got an administrative discharge, and showed back up here to my hometown and began a journey of trying to have this sister removed from my heart. Chad. I'm going back even even before this because you decided and this really stuck out to me as someone who signed up for a um, Ironman and didn't really know how to swim. You decided to be a SEAL and you weren't, you know, it wasn't like you were, you know, the Olympic athlete or knew how to swim or whatnot. You picked this without even knowing that you could do it. How? How? Take us through that in your mind. Was there ever any doubt or it was just I'm laser focused and this is what I'm going to do? Well, you know, I think that there was some doubt in my mind back in those early days, you know, and really what really what what crushed all the doubt was the adversity that I went through with the heart surgery and that whole journey. So that adversity um, going through that furnace and that fire of adversity, it kind of burned all that doubt off and I came out pure. But, um, back in those days when I first decided I wanted to go join, you're right. I didn't, I wasn't a swimmer, was never an athlete. Um, none of that. I mean, I was just this old, you know, Georgia country boy that, um, worked with his hands and played in the woods. And, um, yeah, you know, that was, uh, that was definitely an obstacle, but it was just, you know, it was persistence and consistency uh, that allowed me to build those skills, you know, from, from the from the physical standpoint. And then another thing is when you've got these massive, um, I guess, evolutions like SEAL training, you know, the physical part of SEAL training 
is difficult at times, but that's not what makes SEAL training so hard. It's, it's the whole, it's the big picture. So you don't necessarily have to be this top performing athlete. As a matter of fact, most of the guys in my, in my buds class that were former professional athletes, uh, former collegiate swimmers, runners, those were the first guys that quit hmm. because they were so used to performing on a high, high level and really being pampered at times. Um, when they didn't get that pampering and they had a bad day, it crushed them mentally. So, you know, looking back, coming from the place I was coming from, you know, was actually a better place to be than than to have had been some top performing athlete or runner or swimmer to start with. Because um, you got to be like an old Toyota truck to get through school <laughs> training. You can't be like the drag car, you know. Right. And 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 much of that adversity did come from from that heart, uh, you know, situation, which, you know. I, I, you know, I, I guess you get diagnosed with that and the medical pulls you aside and says, hey, listen, this is the end of the line for you. Um, you know, you've got to do this and here's your other offer. You can go on the big ship and all those things. And, you know, it, it might have been it might have been OK. You know, like this is, um, you know, this this is the way that it was supposed to shape out for me or think, you know, like this is, um, you know, maybe God's will or things like that. Like you can maybe kind of hang your hat on that and say, OK, well, this is just wasn't in the cards. Um, you didn't do that. Uh, you know, you search and search and search until you found a doctor, correct? That would remove the cyst from your heart. Yeah. Yeah. So I finally found a surgeon that, that would take this thing off my heart. And, you know, just going back to, to what you said right there, Brian, um, you know, so my mind, the way that my mind works and, um, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but, but when I set a goal for myself, I, I put these blinders on and I get front sight focused on that, on that singular goal. And I, I will drive toward that goal, um, and, and through or over or under or around, I, there's always a way, um, to reach that goal. And I get so singularly focused on that specific goal that I had set. I just don't allow anything to stop me. And, I think that's why, you know, I had set my goal at SEAL training. And, yeah, the the, the option they gave me to go out to the Fleet Navy, um, like you said, that probably would have been an awesome career, but it just wasn't where I had set my goal. So I kept driving forward toward that. And even when they told me no, I never lost – I never lost – uh, faith in that dream. Like I, I never gave up on that dream for some reason. I mean, maybe it's that front sight focused. Maybe, maybe part of it was because I was a little young and, and maybe naive. And, you know, I'm sure it was a combination of things, but finally found a surgeon in Atlanta that would take this cyst off of my heart after, um, you know, going to multiple surgeons, nobody wanted to touch it. Uh, we had a successful surgery and I was back in the Navy standing before the same dive medical officer that had disqualified me less than a year after surgery. How'd that conversation go? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'll never forget walking in his office and he looked at me like, dude, what are you doing back here? Like, yeah, he had no clue what was going on. And, um, of course, I, I, I presented him with the packet of paperwork that I had been provided by my civilian surgeon <clears throat> and, um, I think he really appreciated what I had done 
Um, and I actually made a post on Instagram the other day. Uh, it's actually a, a few pages of the, the medical journal that documents this entire process. And it was written by that dive medical officer. Um, so if you guys are interested in the intricacies of this and the severity of this, um, I guess, cyst, go on there and check it out. It's a pretty cool read. So he really appreciated what I had done, and uh, he really helped me through the process of getting the proper waivers uh, to actually finally go and tow the line at SEAL training. And, you know, that's the thing. I was gambling on all this. So when I had this cyst removed and I showed back up to in, into, into the Navy, um, there was no guarantee that they were going to let me proceed. Uh, I didn't have anything in writing that, that where they said, if you have this thing removed, you can come back. There was, it was a total gamble. Um, and, and once I got back in, everyone in that dive medical community wanted to put their hands on this case and sign off on it. So I sat on holding for about four months, uh, from the time I came back in with this cyst removed, uh, waiting for them to actually give me approval to move forward with training. So it was a really, really long drawn out process, a year and a half or more. The longest four month wait of your life. <laughs> well, you know yeah. what? Just, uh, just you, you eliminate the obstacles that you can, you know, the things that you can kind of control and, and, uh, you know, and, and if that's the next thing that's in your face, then, uh, you know, there's not much else to worry about except for that. And then, you know, when you're done with that, then the rest of it kicks in. And then if, if you're fortunate enough, you know, then you go to buds, right? That's no picnic. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Buds is one, you know, Buds is, was a thing that, um, that, that's one of the few things in life that really lives up to and surpasses your expectations for what you expected it to be. Um, you could just never dream of the, the severity and the intensity of that training. It's absolutely, I mean, it changes you as a human being. Um, for me, it was a, a time of, of, Really, that's where I grew up, to be honest with you. It's it, it's so cool to, as a young man or, or just as a human being, to launch out on a journey that's really going to challenge you, uh, whether it be buds or whether it be a, like a long through hike or whether it be a fitness journey or something like that that's going to challenge you. And then you come out on the other end successful. And then you can go through the rest of your life and realize you don't owe anything to anyone. You don't have to try to act big. You don't have to try to act tough. You've accomplished your goals that you've set for yourself, and now you can move forward with a pure mind and a pure focus and the confidence that you need for the rest of your life. And um, that's really what BUDS was for me. It was a really a spiritual uh, body, soul, and spirit type of journey. And making it through successful, you said um, that you don't owe anyone anything. I think to the flip side of that, too, is that no one owes you anything is so powerful too, that you are just, this is my life. And you, you know, whether it, you go through buds and I know that, you know, other people in life go through some really tough times, whether it's sickness or disease or whatever that mental physical thing is. And I think it just changes you. And I know something that, that I definitely want to talk about at some point is you went through this and you said that I remember you did an interview and you said something about how you weren't super into religion and that what, you know, you didn't grow up, um, you know, maybe going to church every day or whatnot, but that was something, and you even mentioned it just before about faith. 
what, how did that play? How did that come back in your life? Um, I know for me, how are you here? I was always told, ask and you shall receive. And every once in a while, you ask and you shall receive because I think the universe and God or whoever you believe in um, has a plan. So how did you how did you use that faith or come back to faith or find faith? Well, really, for me, to be honest with you, um, I didn't have a strong faith in, in Jesus Christ is, is my my God. That's who I that's that's the that's the program I subscribe to. And um, I didn't have a strong uh, faith or relationship with Jesus uh, throughout that journey. Um, but the amazing thing is that it doesn't matter. Uh, for me, I've, I've found in my life that it doesn't matter whether I am uh, I, I look back on those times in my life and, and times that I didn't have faith, that I wasn't looking to him for guidance and he was still guiding me. And uh, it just that, that to me is the ultimate example of how much our creator loves us. Uh, it's an unconditional love. And I realize now looking back that he 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 had his hand on me through that entire process and um, that has now led me uh, into the life that I'm living now. Um, and that, and that to me is, is the, the purpose of me being a seal and me going through seal training and, and all this stuff. It, it wasn't so I could go overseas and, uh, and save lives and, and all this stuff, which, which we did all that, but the ultimate purpose was to lead me to this place that I'm in now where you know, I have a wonderful audience um, of awesome people all over the world, and I'm able to share this message of positivity and these tools that uh, have really helped change people's lives for the better. Um, so that's, that's I guess, how my faith, uh, looking back on it, that's how the faith portion played into that journey. So so let's get into it. Uh tell us uh tell us about it. Where has it led you now? What's uh, what's life like for you now? Um talk to us about uh you know the the, the projects uh that you got going on and definitely we got to get into some running. Let's go. What do you mean, Chad? Yeah, Chad's busy? Though. Are you why you're busy? You have stuff going on, Chad? Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, we're hey, we're all busy, right? I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your what your job is. If you've got a family, if you've got relationships, if you've got you know, you've got a career. We're all busy. That's just the society uh, that we live in and that we've that we've created here. But yeah, life is wonderful. Um, you know, a lot of people ask me, you know, what's what's the, what was the most exciting thing about you know that you've done in your life, or you know, this and that, and like they expect it to be some story from you know being downrange or some story from SEAL training. And I'm like, no, like the most exciting moments in my life are unfolding uh before me right now um in these moments so i've only been out of the navy for about a year um at this point and we have or i, I my brother and i have started uh the 3 of 7 project and basically it is uh well, what it means is the 3 is representative of the body soul and spirit the number 7 is the universal number for completion um, and I've always believed that you have to master, nourish, and maintain your body, soul, and spirit in order to achieve a complete and wholesome lifestyle. And that's what 3 of 7 Project's all about. We have a podcast. Um, I travel around and do quite a bit of public speaking, which I really enjoy. And then we have the most intimate product that we have is, is a product called The Finishing School. And it's a full mission profile 
uh, which what that means is uh, I was a SEAL instructor for a long time. I put a small team together and take them out into the mountains of North Georgia and give them a full mission, and they have to plan and execute the mission. Um, so it gives them a lot of leadership skills. It gives them a lot of freedom of movement, teamwork, decision-making, um, the whole nine yards. Um, so those are kind of the products that we're pushing. And, you know, it's just, for me, the 307 project is, like I say, it's all about body, soul, and spirit. And I think another thing that, that I'm seeing, the more I, the more I spend time with people and talking to people, is I want to encourage people like we need to stop doubting how powerful we are as individual human beings. Um, and, and I think going back to you, you look at society, the society that we live in and society is actually designed to stifle us as individual people. Like everything that you see from a speed limit sign to, to a, a everything, everything's telling you, you can't go any faster you can't do this. You can't do that. And it just, I I feel like people as individuals have lost sight of how powerful they are and how much of an impact that they can make in their own community, in their own world, in their own family, whatever it may be. And, um, you know, that's a big part of my message too, is, is never doubt how powerful you are. Um, and, and, you know, go and achieve your goals and make that impact because, Every single one of us are so special. And yeah, that's, that's, that's what it's all about. I I'm with you on that. I mean, there, there are, you know, the, the teachers tell you to sit down The you know, the, the, uh, even as a parent, a father of three boys, I'm always like, guys, relax, like slow down. You know, I'm just as guilty of it as what you just said as anybody. But, um, yeah, you know, and, and that mind, body, spirit, a lot of times they'll, they'll, they don't understand that the body, you know, taking care of the body is going to help the mind. You know, it's just like everything's working together. And um, people neglect the body, right? Is that something that you see often? I mean, as trainers, people come to us and say, you know, oh, you know, everything's great. I just wish that, you know, these pants fit better or whatever it is. What's really going on? Yeah, what's really right. going on, right? Let's dig deeper. Um, so, uh, you know, why do, why do people, do you think, don't take the time to to take care of the body i think that people don't take care of the body because um the uh, okay we'll, we'll we'll refer to the body as the flesh okay um it's this it's this suit that we live in this flesh suit that we live in and um and it's because the the flesh is constantly um seeking perpetual comfort it is just, it constantly wants to be comfortable at mealtime. It wants to be fed more than is necessary. Um, when it's cold, it just wants to be warm. In the mornings, it's going to whisper to you for more sleep. Um, in every situation, it's trying to maintain this homeostasis. Um, and it's just, it, and it's totally self-seeking. The flesh wants to preserve itself on, on a level that becomes unhealthy and it's self-seeking. It's not thinking about anything else. It's only thinking about itself. And I think that's why it's so hard to work on the body because the body's constantly fighting against you and whispering things into your soul 
uh, your soul being your mind, your will, and your emotions, the soul and the body are very intertwined, and they talk back and forth to each other. And, um, and, and so that to me is why it's so hard to get out and work on the body. Uh, you've got to come to the realization that, um, you have to check your, your flesh, uh, on a, on a regular basis and basically put it in its place and make it realize that it's just a vessel for you to go through life in. And you need to discipline that vessel and by no means am I trying to sound like some hard dude. Like I'm here to tell you, I love my sleep. I love to, I love to eat good food. Um, I like to be warm. My body likes all those things too. And I indulge in those things, uh, when it's healthy. Um, when, when I have a morning that it's my off day, man, I'll sleep, I'll sleep for 12 hours. Um, if I, if, if, you know, tomorrow's my off day and I don't have to get up and run or, you know, I'll eat fried chicken, uh, you know, you know, every now and then when it's a, when it's appropriate and I feel like, you know, it's just a good time to do it, but you've got to put that flesh in check, um, at certain intervals, uh, that way you can maintain control over it. That's my concept on it. That's, that's how I work. That's what I think about, um, uh, throughout my day to day and training and stuff like that. So let's talk about the body. Now you've been out for, you said a year so mm-hmm. far in yep. that year. It, I mean, it wasn't like you came out and, um, you know, I just have some little things. You are a disciplined person. You are going places. You have faith. And you have been given a, I call it a gift, Chad is what I call it. Um, again, you could have easily been like, you know what? Something's going on with my heart. And you know what? That's, that's the way it is. And I guess this dream is over. And you said, you know what? This is my gift. I'm going to, I'm going to get through this. I'm not going to look back. Whether it was you're young or not, it was still a gift. It happened at that time in your life. And you used it instead of saying, Oh, woe is me. You went out and said, no, what? I'm doing this. And you did it. And it wasn't easy. And there was a lot of, you know, maybe doubt or, you know, had to have patience at the time, which is tough. And you persevered. And the discipline and the the mental aspect to keep going. You come out now and you could easily kick your feet up and say, I don't have to work harder anymore. I don't need to prove anything like you said to anyone. Yet that's not the case. So you said you know, with three of seven, with the trainings that you have, with the public speaking, you have a gift and you are sharing this gift with the world. In addition, you are also competing in some of the most in, I'm going to call it insane because people call me insane sometimes for the weird stuff that I do, but we consider it, I'm going to say we, it's normal. It's a challenge. Other people may think it's crazy. We think challenge accepted. And even the race that you just did in uh, January, I mean, we watched, we're, we're, we're fit crazies, Chad. We're fit. People think we're crazy for some of the stuff we did. For my birthday, I just turned 40, Chad, and um, I did 40 miles in a .6 loop around my block for charity. <laughs> That's amazing. So... It, for 
Brian did it with me, by the way. Of the, two, the two of us yes. ran around our block for 40 miles. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was fun. It was fun. Um, <laughs> but like, it's, you do things because you have a gift and you have something to raise awareness. So how did you get into now endurance racing? So, uh, to, to tell you, first of all, yeah, you're, you're right. When I got out of the Navy, I could have just kicked back and, 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 you know, I, so I'm a, I'm a hundred percent disabled, um, because of injuries that I sustained <clears throat> during my time in service. So, um, I, you know, financially <clears throat> I'm secure. I live a really, really simple life, so I don't need to make a lot of money. So that was an option, but, to, but to, to just to hit on that real quick, and then we'll talk about how I got into endurance racing. To hit on that, why I made the decision to carry on and find a new mission, <clears throat> in a way, it's kind of selfish um, because a lesson that I've learned in life is that you you become the master through teaching. So if you have the if you have a, a specific skill, if you have a specific talent, if you have a specific bit of information that's helped you in life, and you choose not to go out and share that and teach that to other people, then you're just going to become stagnant and you're never going to become the master of, of your lane of, of whatever it is you're passionate about. You have to go out and then share it with others, teach it to others and see it work and impact other people's lives. So that's the reason I chose to, to push forward is not only to make an impact, but also to, to improve myself and become the master of the things that I believe in. Um, endurance sports specifically, ultra running is, uh, is the lane that I chose or the avenue that I chose now to continue to push myself as an individual um, uh, at, on a high level. So uh, obviously in my former job, we pushed ourselves physically, mentally, and spiritually um, every single day that we went into work, whether we were conducting, you know, crazy land warfare type exercises, jumping out of helicopters at 14,000 feet, um, diving, you, you name it. Everything that we did was, was really intense on all three levels, body, soul, and spirit. And your life hinged upon the decisions that you made every day. Um, so coming out of that, I knew that, that, that was going to be a uh, part of my life, uh, I was going to miss that intensity. I was going to yearn for that intensity. And so I chose to get into ultra running and ultra running provides that, that specific just challenge. It literally grinds you into a fine powder and um, it puts you in an arena where you have to perform under severe duress. And in some of these races, uh, if you make poor decisions, uh, literally your life could, could hinge on the, on that decision. Um, you know, and that's in an extreme scenario, but those scenarios do exist, uh, especially in the adventure racing, um, you know, sector of kind of ultra endurance sports. Um, so that's, that's what ultra running has really provided for me. And then it's also a, a byproduct that I didn't know existed within ultra running and adventure racing is the community. It's just a really wonderful community of, of individuals that want to better themselves. Um, and, and for me, that's really specifically my lane. I really enjoy working with and mentoring people that are already motivated. They, they're, they're already in the field. 
um, you know, but they just want to, they want to sharpen their blade. They want to get better. They're not satisfied with where they're at. Um, it's hard for me to work with somebody that says, man, I just can't get, I can't even find the motivation to get out of bed in the morning. I'm like, man, that's just, you, you, come on, man. You can't come to me with that. Um, <laughs> you know, like, like I, I can't, I'm sorry. I can't help. I, I cannot help you with that. You at least got to find something within yourself. You got to find that within yourself. You, you know, motivation is such a, uh, uh, a, to me, it's such a fickle word. It's a fake thing. I mean, because if you're depending on me to motivate you, well, as soon as I'm gone, or, or as soon as that motivator's gone, well, what are you going to do then? Like, you got to find that within yourself. And then once you get to that point where you're able to uh, get on your feet and start, you know, pursuing what you love, uh, that's 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 where I really like to come in and, and just help sharpen an individual that that is at that point. So that's what you get on uh, on ultra races. You get people that are already self motivated. Uh, they're pretty physically fit, and then uh, you know you're able to just take them and teach them the things that have worked for you, and um, hopefully it helps bring them to the next level. And then you get a lot of satisfaction out of that. I love the why. You always get the, and I'm sure you get it too, Chad, of, of why. Why would you put yourself through this? Or it could be so much easier. Or you know, why do you do it? And there's so many people that. It's it's almost just the why is just the way that you just right. explained it. Like I'm right. sitting here, it's just smiling. Like we we're I, we get I'm, it. I'm a road racer, right? So I'm still running marathons, and I and I, and I got you know some fast ones in me. I'm 44 years old, and I you know I'm still running cross country races with spikes in, and I'll run on the track, and like I'm I get after it. Um, but there's so much that intrigues me about ultra running, and like you said, the community, the challenge of it all, and how it's supposed to feel like, like, you know, when we're running and we're doing 40 miles around Christine's block, <laughs> I said, Christine, this is it. We feel awful, and that's the way it's supposed to feel. Um, you know, like, like, let's embrace that. Like, I feel like it's an honor to feel this horrible. Um, You're welcome, Brian. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Happy birthday. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, so... For someone like me who knows that that wild, wild world of ultra is is out there and I'm going to visit it, um, you know, the way that I visit things soon, um, you know, it's, it's exactly how you explained it, man. It's a, that's why. Well, yeah, and, and you have to think, too, brother, you, you have to think um, you, you uh, anybody uh, as an athlete or um, if, if you enjoy these these physical um, challenges, Keep in mind that that the things that you learn out there on a ultra race, on an adventure race, on uh, you know a hard session in the gym, uh, whatever your lane of of fitness and challenge is, um, all these skills that we're learning during these challenges, there we're we're inflicting this difficulty upon ourselves. So not only are we able to inflict this adversity upon ourselves in a controlled environment. So in turn, when life inflicts adversity on us that is out of our control, the tools are the same. So it's preparing you for life. You are preparing yourself for real life by inflicting uh, these these adverse situations upon yourself. You're sharpening your blade. You're building uh, your these tools and, and the faith in the tools and how they work and how to utilize them. 
So we're preparing for real life. And, um, and then also you're again, going back, you're putting your flesh into subjection into its place. And then that way in turn in life, when, when things happen, when, uh, for for me, I, I just you, from a male perspective, okay. I'm going to give you from a male perspective. I'm just going to be real with you. You know, if you're a married man, you look at a woman and you start to lust after that woman. That's a flesh thing, and, and you know it's not right. So if you if you've put your flesh in check through this physical challenge, this these activities that we partake in, then you're able to to save yourself in that situation and say, no, you know that's not right. Um, flesh i'm sorry uh look the other way so this is all transferable into life and 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 your morals and your beliefs and and uh your your business and family and everything it's just a a complete uh, it's it's a big big complete picture that's how it works in my life to be honest with you i always think of you know when people go out for job interviews that who are you going to hire who's going to be that person that you trust and believe in is it you know, is it someone who, you know, volunteered at however, or is it someone who ran an ultra? Is it someone who did a, you know, a crazy race? I mean, that's someone who knows discipline and they know determination and they know what it's like to go through hard times and make it through. And, and again, I, I am just mirroring what you're saying and what I want to ask you, and I know that you've had a lot of experience um, with the Navy and going through a lot of stressful circumstances and intense situations, where do you put yourself mentally? Is there a place that you go, like when we're running, Brian, the last thing we did, he was like, I'm in the spirit world right now, Christine. <laughs> I'm not even here. Is there somewhere you go mentally? I know we all kind of People always ask too, you know, when you're in these races for 12 hours or more, Christine, what were you thinking about? I'm like, I don't know. I made a whole story in my head. And, you know, it's where do you go to get through those tough times? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I, I reach what I, I've, I've, I guess, termed this uh, state that I reach. I call it the steady state. And um, it kind of takes me a long time to, to get into that steady state. But uh, you know, in, in a race that's, you know, 50 or more miles, I can, I can reach that steady state. And so the first, you know, the first 30, 40 miles is usually, um, the most painful part of the race because you're just, you're adjusting to the pain. Like you're, and, and by pain, I don't mean bad pain. I don't mean like injury pain. I mean like the, the good type of pain that we're supposed to feel and experience as a human being when we are out pushing our bodies, um, pushing the limits of our bodies. That's what I mean by pain. Um, so, so you're, you're, you're mentally, you're adjusting to that, uh, those, those feelings that you, that you have over that first 30, 40 miles. But then I personally, I eventually reach a point where I accept the pain and discomfort that I'm feeling. I accept it. And um, it's almost just like I, I just let it pass through me, and I know it's not going to get any worse. Um, so it's from that point forward, I, I really just reach th- that steady state, and it's just really pure where I'm no longer fighting against that discomfort, and I, I'm singularly focused on just moving forward. Um, and, and then the other thing that the the other 
thing that you really have to deal with uh, as far as from a mentality standpoint is patience. Uh, because even when you reach that steady state, you've accepted the discomfort, uh, you've been freed from that. Um, not that, that, well, that gives you more energy at that point to move forward. You're focused on moving forward. And then from that, from then on, it's just patience. It's just, you have to have enough patience to, to continue to, to, to maintain that constant forward motion, uh, until you cross the finish line. So patience comes into play, but yeah, I, I get in that steady state and it's really just a, a pure, um, no, nothing else matters. I'm not fighting against the discomfort. Um, I've accepted the, the, the place that I'm in and then I can really just enjoy the rest of the race. It's a whole lot of acceptance right there, <laughs> you know, really accepting the worst circumstances that you're in and, uh, making peace with it. That's, uh, that's, yeah, something. well, and that, that works with everything, you know, that, that's everything in life. Look, if, you you have to understand in life you you can make the you can you're never going to make an impact on the things that you that you don't like by fighting against them so it's the same thing with the cold in buds everybody's like you know how how do you lay in that cold water for so long and man i've probably been hypothermic you know hundreds of times in my life and you it's the same with the cold you have to just accept it it is what it is allow it to pass through you and then focus on the things that you love and the things that you found to be true so when you stop fighting against the things that you hate um it frees up this well of energy that you can then use to promote the things that you love so that is the best avenue to to promote the things that you love is stop fighting against the things that may be uncomfortable or the things that you may hate imagine if we could all Except that live Imagine. in that. Wow, living in that is uh, that's a special place. Well, and that's the gift that you have that you have to keep going out and sharing. And I'm sure you know, like us, that you feel that you have this. There's something. There's something that you go to sleep at night and say, "There's a there's a reason. There's a reason why all of this has happened to me." And like I said, you use it as a gift, and hopefully that gift will just have that domino effect and spread. It's crazy that like what you said earlier, though, it's like we've almost been like conditioned or institutionalized to not even see that that mm-hmm. any of that even exists. Yeah. Any, your thoughts on what do you think about that? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree 100 percent with you. I mean, and, and look, you know, we, it, it is it's it's a that's a not only is a big part of society and by no means am I being negative here, guys. I'm just, I'm just giving you my, I'm just giving you my perspective and telling you what's worked for me. Um, you know, so not only does society, uh, at, at certain points stifle the individual, uh, individuals, human, uh, individual humans belief in themselves. Um, but it also promotes, uh, tension and contention between us as humans. And, you know, the media and stuff plays a lot into that. And, um, you know, that, so, so you, you, you just got to break free from that. And, you know, an example with me, man, you know, I'm a Christian, but, um, but guess what, man? I, you'll never hear me put down or disagree, uh, with any other religion, with any other person's beliefs, because at that point, I'm just fighting against something 
that I haven't found to be true, but how is that making any type of positive impact? It's not. It's, it's not doing anything. All it's doing is taking away from the things that I have found to be true. Um, so, yeah, it, I would encourage everyone just to try to break free from that um, and, and whatever that looks like for you. For me, what it looks like is uh, we don't have television in our house. Um, wow. If we listen to the radio, it's, it's, a, it's a podcast. It's something positive. You have to be constantly aware of what you're feeding yourself with. Um, it's what, all, what it's all nourishment, here. right? It's all nourishment for better or worse. Thank, good, it, Thank goodness we got another podcast for you to listen to, Chad. <laughs> I know. So and I listened to one of your episodes this morning on the way to our run. We absolutely loved it. Oh, right. no. Good, good. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Did, uh, did you, 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 <laughs> we had your buddy Jesse on. Uh, he was on the show. He, he was uh, gracious enough to be our guest for episode 100. Uh, Christine freaking sniped him on Instagram and said, Hey Jesse, uh, we got a podcast you need to be on. And he's, uh, he's the best. He said, yes. So you know what? Good people. know good people, Chad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's, I'd say Jesse's one of the best me and him. We, we ran, uh, me and him and Mark did a run yesterday morning. We started at 4am and, uh, ran through a torrential downpour. I mean, the roads were just flooded and, you know, it's just so cool to see a guy like Jesse um, and to be able to be uh, friends with, with a, a, a human being as amazing as he is. He's been a he's been a tremendous uh, part of my transition and uh, he's given me a tremendous amount of uh, encouragement and confidence in that entrepreneurship lane. He's such a pure guy. I mean, it's just like here it is, um, and and the, you know that run that you were that you went on with him was uh, I've been following because it's the month of February. It's right now. It's Valentine's Day. Heart Health Awareness Month. So he's going. So Jesse's the thing he's doing right now is on the first he ran one mile, on the second he ran two mile, oh, on the third nice. he ran three miles. So now we're up to the fourteenth, fifteenth. Well, you know what? Why it's, haven't we done that? Because and it's leap year too. He's got an extra day at twenty nine uh, this this month. What? That's that's a. Uh, that's a pretty neat endeavor, but that's, that's cool. him again, driven, focused, blinders, like here it comes, right? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a brilliant, that was a brilliant idea. And yeah, it is, it is drive and focus. And, you know, I, I think I, I have a firm belief and in, in for myself and, you know, me and Jesse talked about this a little bit, um, a little bit yesterday. You know, if you're if you're in a position of of leadership, if you're in a position of influence, any, anybody out there that's in that position, uh, you you have to constantly earn your place in that position. Um, you're 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 if you're in that leadership position, you cannot hinge your entire leadership strategy off of some experience that or, or some or some goal that you met ten years ago. Uh, you've got to constantly earn your place on that stage in that leadership position. And, and what does that look like? That looks like you going out and, and pushing your limits, whether it's physically, mentally, um, emotionally, uh, whatever it may be, um, on a regular basis. And, you know, I think that's, that, that's another thing that plays into the reason that, you know, Jesse and me and, and other people are so consistent about, uh, getting out there and pushing ourselves is is because we feel like we have to earn the position that we're in. Look, being a SEAL was just a part of something. Uh, that, that was just a part of me. Uh, moving forward, if I hinged everything, all of my 
uh, I don't even want to say advice. If I hinged all of my tools and all of my lessons on that experience that I had as a SEAL, it would eventually become irrelevant. Um, so we, I know I have to continuously push myself to earn the position that I'm in. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It's a building block. It all is. It's, you know, experiences and growing from, uh, from everything that we've gone through. Yeah, no and doubt. And you're humble. That's the big thing. You could easily, and I know, I'm sure you know a million people who are me, 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 I've done this. This is great. This is, yet you put yourself on the line. You put your butt out there and say, here is, here is what we know and here's what we don't know. And you're surrounding yourself just like I try and be the least intelligent and bring down the SAT scores in any room that I walk into. But it's, you're, it's important to surround yourself with people that are lifting you up, that are super intelligent. And no matter what you've been through, we all have a story. We all have that thing, whether it's worse for some than others, whether you've learned more from you know, this than that. But that's, that's what it's about. Oh, totally. Totally. If, if you, if you want to follow somebody that never fails, don't follow me because you're going <laughs> to see me fail. Uh, you're, you're going to, you know, if you, if you follow me on Instagram, you're going to, when I have a bad day and I'm in a bad headspace, uh, you're, you're going to see me talking about that. Uh, um, you know, and that, that's life, uh, a hundred percent. And, you know, that, that's the reason I'm so hesitant about using that word, uh, using that word advice is because, um, you know, all I'm doing is, is telling you what I found to be true and what has worked for me. And, um, it, it may not work at all for you. Um, but all I can do is put that out in, into, into this world and into these, these media waves and, and hope it helps somebody else. So you have some rules, uh, for, for Jesse and, and Mark when you go uh-huh. out on this run together, right? You went on a long one and, uh, you set up, uh, some, some, uh, bound, some ground rules for those guys. What were they? Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> we actually had an awesome conversation about that run, uh, yesterday while we were running. Yeah. That was a 50 mile training run that we did, um, back last summer and Jesse was preparing for a last man standing race and he was kind of stuck at this distance and he just could not push past this distance. I think it was like 36 or 36 miles, something like that. And he just, um, he was stuck. So, uh, he hit me up kind of like you hit him up on Instagram and, uh, asked me, you know, if I'd be interested in coming out and spending the weekend and maybe helping him push through. And I said, yeah, man, Roger that. Uh, I'll see you out there. So uh went and hung out with Jesse for the weekend, and the rules for that run were, um, let's see. First of all, they had to run until I said stop. <laughs> and the, the, one of the funny things is, is so the morning of that run, uh, I, we met up in the kitchen. It was like 5.30 in the morning, and I looked at Jesse – and I said, hey, man, um, do you think I'm a better runner than you? And he, on paper, like, I I am the better runner. I mean, it just you, you on paper, you couldn't dispute it. So, you know, I wanted to hear what his answer was going to be. I wanted to hear if he was going to start the day off with a self-defeating mindset. Um, and so when I asked him that question, do you think I'm a better runner than you, Jesse? Um he said, uh, no, not really. 
no, I don't think you're a better runner than me. And that just set the tone for the whole day. Like, like, you know, he, he just, I, I knew then I'm like, okay, this guy's legit. This is the first time I'd ever met him. And, um, you know, he's not starting the day off with a self-defeating mindset. He's not looking at the past. He's focused on this day, this event. Um, he's not looking at, at what I've done in the past or thinking about what he's done in the past. He's, he's leveling the playing field. So that set the tone for the whole day. And I said, Roger that. Well, the rules today is we're going to run until I say stop. So they didn't know how far they were going to run. Um, absolutely no negativity. And that included uh, cursing. Um, so anytime we asked, anytime I asked Jesse, Hey man, how you doing? He had to respond with outstanding. It didn't matter how bad he was hurting. It didn't matter where he was at mentally. It didn't matter if his foot or his knee was aching. It didn't matter. He had to respond with outstanding. Um, and then also every hour we had to share something that we were grateful for with each other. And, um, and, yeah, so and every hour, and how how long were you out there for? When did you tell them to stop? So we did uh, we did twelve hours. Um, we hit the fifty mile mark. So Jesse Jesse pushed pushed through that barrier, and then we also had another friend of ours out there, Mark Brown. And uh, Mark Brown, I think, um, doubled his distance PR that day. Doubled yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, imagine, uh, imagine that—a little positivity, a little, uh, you know, having a, 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 you know, a gangster runner coming out there and share some miles with you. Um, you know, it goes a long way, man. It's cool. Yeah, it's a, it's that man. It's that, and it's also the power of people, man. You yeah, know, I, I had a similar experience out at the Revenant this past January uh, when my race was over. You know, I, I've, I've just was absolutely exhausted. Thought I could not run another step. And uh, I ended up linking up with this uh, this young lady named Katie Wright, um, and, and running with her back to uh, back to the start finish line. And and running that's the key word. I went from a point where I was alone that I thought I couldn't run another step, and then I get teamed up with this other individual that's out on the course, and all of a sudden we're both able to run again. So it's the power of people. It's positivity. Um, it's being conscious of, of your rudder and the things that you say. Um, it's, it, it all works in unison. There's something to that whole energy, energy thing, isn't that's there? That's the word that came to mind for me, too. So tell us yeah. about Revenant. What was that all about? Yeah, the Revenant is a, <laughs> uh, it, it's a tough event out on the South Island of New Zealand. It's, uh, it's very similar in format to... Um, the Barkley marathons, but it's in totally different terrain, um, with kind of a totally different feel to, to the event. Um, so it's four 50 kilometer loops. Um, I think it's got like 50 some odd thousand feet of climbing <laughs> and, uh, it's all off trail. So you have to navigate the entire course with a map and compass. Jesus. So uh, how do you uh how do you get into that? Did they uh did they come find you or you just said that's something I'm doing this year or did you uh you know that they what, what how did that spark up? So the race director, his name's Scott Worthington. He's actually a really good friend of mine and um uh, he actually had reached out to me the first year of the race and uh, asked me, you know, if I'd be interested and of course he presented me with this challenge where uh, the most likely outcome 
was going to be failure. And, you know, then that's where true adventure starts is when you embark on a journey where the most likely outcome is failure or there, you know, there, there's a greater chance of you not achieving success than you achieving, than you, than, than you achieving success, then that's where a true adventure starts. So he presented me with this challenge that's totally unique. And of course I had to accept. And, um, you know, the revenant is really it. That's something that's on my calendar every single year. I mean, as long as I'm healthy and able to, to make that, that journey, um, I'll go out and compete there every single year because it's just such an epic event and an epic group of people. And it's not about finishing. It's, it's about the adventure. It's an ultra adventure race is, is what he's titled it as. So it's just so unique. And um, you get to really go out and explore your limits of what you're capable of. Really, really neat. Fifty thousand feet, and also the weather. I it could be hot, it could be snowing, it could be windy and raining, and in, in all different places. So it's really. I mean, this isn't your typical like you running. It's just hot, or it's just cold, or one or the other. It's right where you can plan on one. You're navigating the entire time. Wow. Yeah, you guys should go out. You guys should go give it a shot. I think you guys would make an outstanding team. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll shake on it, Conti. You, <laughs> shake on I can't it. get Brian. My goal well, okay. is a. I want to do a hundred. That's on my bucket list. So, I, right. Chad, well. let me know when you're going. I'm going to tag along. So, hey, that's yeah, it. No, no, I'd love to see you guys at the Revenant. I think, like I say, you'd make an awesome team. And yeah, no, I mean, the, you know, and this is totally different than a hundred miler. It's totally different pace. It's it's totally. It's just a totally different mindset. And, you know, I really enjoy the adventure racing. And I don't think – I think adventure racing, it, it doesn't get enough attention here in the States. It's huge over in New Zealand. Right. Um, but it's just a whole different pace. It's it's actually true adventure. Um, it pushes you on different, different levels. So it's something – if you're looking for a new challenge, anybody out there, any of your listeners that's looking for a new challenge, uh, check out the adventure racing scene, especially overseas – uh, because these adventure races will just—it's just a different, different type of of, uh, of challenge than like a, a traditional hundred miler, you know. And you'll see, Conti, once you once you run a hundred miler, you know, you're all—you know—you can always go back and make improvements. But you know, a lot of people once they do it, it's like, okay, what's what's next? How can I challenge myself on a whole new level? And I think that's the next step is kind of the adventure racing scene. Yeah. Some of my favorite formats lately have been the last man standing. I watched, uh, you know, followed thoroughly as Jesse went through his uh, last man standing race. Uh, how about that? You've got a pretty interesting quote coming out of your uh, um, last man standing race uh, recently, right? About not dying in the chair. Yeah, yeah. That's where that that's where that mantra was born, was at a last man standing race. So for your listeners that don't know, it's a 4.16-mile loop every hour on the hour. And so if you get done with the loop in 55 minutes, you can sit down in your chair and, you know, take a load off, maybe eat a bite for five minutes until the next loop starts, starts at the top of the hour every hour. So, yeah, I mean, in those type of events, and you're, you're right, those, that's a great event to really challenge yourself on a, again, a, a different level in a different lane. Um, and you cannot 
promise your team or yourself victory at that type of race because you don't know when this thing's going to end. Um, you don't know if you're going to if you're going to twist your ankle, if you're going to if you're going to have stomach issues. You don't know what's going to happen uh, between the time that you start and who knows when this thing's going to end. So for me, the only thing that I could promise myself and my team uh, at that last man standing race that I did last year was that I would not die in the chair, um, that when the end of my race came, it would come out on the, you know, what I call the, the battlefield or, or the trail um, battling for every step. And that was the only promise I could make. And you know what's a beautiful thing about that promise is it, it totally takes fear out of the equation. It takes anxiety out of the equation um, because you just simply know, you, you've simply promised yourself that you're just going to continue until your body says no. And so at that point, it is what it is, you know. Yeah, you're you're always answering the bell. You know, it's it's like you gotta get out there, and if the you know it's gonna it's gonna come, there's gonna be a last step, and it's not gonna be into the chair. You know, that's it, brother. That's it. Yeah, and I saw a beautiful example of of don't die in the chair. Uh, actually, at that race, um, there was a young man there named Thomas, and Thomas had only ever ran a 10k before. And um, I kind of uh, I never met Thomas before, but I really liked him, and and me and him started running these loops together and I, I, I had Thomas uh, he, when he got in a bad place I again went back to those tactics I used with Jesse of uh, Thomas had to say out loud I will never quit every time me and Thomas saw each other he would have to yell out loud I will never quit and then also anytime I asked him how he was doing he had to say outstanding and um, Thomas adhered to those rules and he ran a hundred miles uh, that day. So from a 10 K he ran a hundred miles in extremely rough conditions. And, um, when Thomas hit his hundred mile mark, uh, I come back in off the loop and Thomas is sitting there, you know, in his chair beside my chair. And he, he looked at me, he said, brother Chad, I got my hundred miles, man. I'm, I'm done. And I said, no, Thomas, I remember we we're not dying in the chair, right? So uh, Thomas rose up out of his chair, towed the line, um, and, and started out uh, off on the next loop right beside me and um, basically waited for me to tell him, you know, all right, Thomas, you know, we, I, I took him about three, 400 yards with me. And I said, all right, Thomas, you go, head back, brother. You, you got it done, man. So that was just an amazing example of what the, the, don't die in the chair means <laughs> he gave you he gave you probably the happiest roger that ever <laughs> hey, yeah, okay man, man. Yeah, that was an emotional moment that was really an emotional moment for for both of us so i'm just thinking like was he intimidated like all right he's like a navy seal he's telling me i should do this like i mean i don't know how many hundreds of miles will people do for you you know it's great i love it i love it oh man and and that was a great i did i did get to hear that story of of you running with Thomas and, and it's amazing what the body can do when the mind's in the right place. Did you use any of those tactics with your SEAL teams? Is that where you got a lot of this from or is this just you? 
Um, you know, I, I think I think that it was a lot of this was forged uh, was forged in the SEAL teams. Um, not necess- it wasn't necessarily taught. Um, it was it was just forged through experience. Um, you know, going through through SEAL training. You know, the the simple fact of being able to to break these monumental tasks down into small digestible segments. You know, that was essential. If, if you couldn't do that in, in SEAL training, uh, you know, you were going to become overwhelmed and you would quit. Um, and then, you know, the whole mentality of just taking quitting off the table, again, that was essential uh, in BUDS because the bell followed us everywhere that we went. And, you know, quitting was always, the, the option to quit was always staring you in the face. And it's the same in life the option to quit is always staring you in the face. So you got to take it off the table. Um, so yeah, all these things were kind of forged as a young man. And then, you know, through life and experience, um, you sharpen those tools and, and you learn where and when and how to utilize them better. So when is the next race? So the next race race for me will be uh, in May. It'll be the Cruel Jewel 100, which is actually a 106-mile race through the mountains of North Georgia. It's got about 33,000 feet of elevation gain and loss. Um, <laughs> so it's a, it's a tough 100-miler. Tough and, you know, I, I, usually, I'll, I'll, I usually only race maybe twice a year. You know, I may run 8, 10, 12 ultra marathons per year. But, uh, the majority of those races, I really just go out and, um, I might just run middle of the pack and, and, or or back of the pack even, and just spend time with people and, and enjoy the experience in the outdoors. And then, you know, two or three times a year, two or three of those races, I'll actually specifically train for, um, really get honed in, and I'll go actually to win. So um, Cruel Jewel will, will be a race that I'm specifically training for. Uh, just started yesterday. And um, and I'm going to go out. I, two years ago, that was actually my first 100-miler two years ago. And I placed eighth place. Um, so I'm hoping this year with a wealth of, of more knowledge and experience, I can uh, really go and do very well. So fired up about it. Are you uh you running uh, to to gear up for that? Is it a lot of high mileage? I mean, obviously it's higher than most, but I mean, some people get get away with not running a whole whole lot uh, to to gear up for those um for those hundred miles and things. What's uh, what's your training like? It, it's a combination of strength uh, and and running. With obviously the majority is running. Um, the places that I run though, it's it's all on trail. It's technical. You're either going up a hill or down a hill. Um, there's very little flat. So uh, mileage-wise, uh, at, at the peak uh, of, of this training block will probably be around 100 miles per week. Um, I'll only sustain that for probably about three weeks, and then I'll taper off from there. Um, right now, I'm averaging 50, 60 miles a week, so yeah. I'll build up you know, over the next eight weeks or so to that kind of hundred mile a week mark. And then, um, and then I'll taper down, 
uh, starting about three weeks before the race, I'll start tapering down. Eventually, the week before the race, I won't run a step. Um, I'll do some hiking and, and stuff like that, but I will not run the week before the race. Uh, that way, when I actually tow the line, I want to run so bad I can't stand it. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then, of course, on a weekly basis, sprinkled into those runs will be, you know, my, my strength workouts, which is mostly lower body um, focused, um, lower body and core, you know, your main lifts, squats, deadlifts, box step ups. Um, lunges, um, all that good stuff. So goes a long way. And now we got to touch on this because again, everyone, Oh, my knee, my, this, my, that, whatever you said, you have been, you know, you were hurt in, you know, in the, in your trainings and, and being in, you know, as a seal. So tell us now, how are you, how have you overcome some of those things? I know with the miles and with these races and, you know, people again could say, Hey, your heart, you're this, you're that you're injured. Yeah. But you keep going. What is it about your training? Do you have to change anything or is there anything specific you do to, to your body to keep you in top shape? Um, for me specifically, uh, one thing I'm blessed with an awesome wife that, um, is a really, really good chef. Uh, she, she just keeps the house full of really good quality, um, nutrition. Um, she just loves, loves to prepare these meals. Um, I'd say, uh, twice a week, usually dinner is like a plant-based meal. Um, and then, you know, the rest of the time we're eating healthy, lean meats and, and greens and just fresh, all organic. That's where most of our money goes is on food, to be honest with you. The majority of our paycheck goes to food, um, because everything that we buy is, we try to get the best that we can get. Um, so that helps me a lot. Um, and, and also a lot of my injuries were, um, were actually brain injuries. So traumatic brain injuries uh, due to blast exposure. And I actually posted a video on Instagram the other day where you see, I, I set off a breaching charge and, uh, you'll see uh, if you, if you check it out in this video, I slow it down right when the explosion goes off. And you'll see that blast wave hit me and it actually almost lifts me off the ground. Hmm. Um, so, you know, that in my career probably did that. Um, I don't know, thousands of times. Wow. I did see that. It was, that was crazy. I did see that on Instagram. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh So that'll give you an idea of kind of where the TBI came from. Um, so, you know, that's affected me in ways, um, a, a lot of, a lot of, uh, balance stuff, stuff in my inner ear. I'm completely deaf on one side. Um, you know, but you know, that stuff is, again, I just don't focus on it. It's like, I know it's there. Um, the body's an amazing machine. It finds ways to compensate. And, um, and, and if you push it, it's going to continue to compensate and adjust to whatever level that you're pushing it to. All right. One thing I, the one thing I wrote down and this is completely out of left field and I apologize and not, you know, um, but as you are, you said an open book, um, you're a man of faith. Your Mm -hmm. job was with the military and things that are going on there. Any conflict ever with you and and your faith and and your job? Um, you know, no, there was really never a conflict with, uh, with the things that I did as a seal. Um, and in my, and my faith. And, and I'll tell you, you know, I was, my, my faith was forged 
uh, I became a Christian while I was downrange uh, serving with the SEAL teams. And, um, you know, if, if anything, being in those environments actually strengthened my faith. Uh, when I saw um, how many, uh, when I saw how many people in this world are, are suffering on a, on just a astronomically almost uncomprehendable scale. Like there's so much pain and suffering and evil, um, that exists. Um, gosh, we should all be so thankful that we live where we live. It, it is so true. So being in those environments actually, I think, strengthened my faith, uh, in a way. And also, it allowed me to be in the presence of people that might need or be searching for that same faith that I had been given. And it allowed me so many opportunities to share my faith and then to see it work for other people, whether it was a local person or whether it was a team member. It's a, um, it's a perfect answer. I mean, it, and it's, and it's a hero's job, uh, you, you know, and, and all you guys are, are, you know, they're, you're heroic in your, in, in your work. Um, you know, like, like I said earlier, it's not for everybody. And, uh, you know, and there's plenty of people that, that wouldn't go in that direction. And you went to extremes in order to go into that direction. And it's just, it's, it's, it's truly heroic. Well, I thank you. I tell you, it was an honor. And, uh, and, and, you know, you talk about the word heroic. It was so cool that, you know, every, that was, a, that was probably the, the thing, the coolest part about being a SEAL is every single day that you went and you stepped through the front doors of that SEAL team, uh, you were amongst true heroes. Um, you were working alongside and with and learning from, uh, true heroes, men that had done just, just, crazy um heroic actions every single day it's so cool to be able to work with uh with that caliber of person every single day um i'm thankful for every day that i spent uh with the seal teams it it's it impacted me tremendously and we thank you for everything <clears throat> that you have done chad super appreciate your journey sitting here and telling your story our listeners i know from around the world are going to be extremely impacted by this episode and we're going to direct them to three of seven. And, you know, obviously we're going to tell them not to die in the chair. And, you know, honestly, we really thank you for using what you have gone through as a gift. And Brian and I know that, you know, getting to the beginning of a start line, if we don't race in a little while, you want to push yourself. You want to make yourself better. You want to surround yourself with people that have done it can, can help you, impact more people and you know why you do what you do i mean we've had different journeys but it's about providing people with the tools to live more quality lives both physically mentally you call it the flesh and and that's what the world's about about making people feel better about helping others and we are thankful that you came and shared your journey. And I know that we're going to be um, meeting up at some point. We'll cross paths. I'm going to be in Atlanta in April. So don't think that I'm not going to hit you up to go for a little run when uh, when I'm in Georgia because I absolutely will make that happen. And um, my son did have a question for you. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. He, he just turned 11 
And we had the conversation last night about, you know, he's a, he's a seal mom. Has he like ridden a seal? I'm like, (laughs) sweetheart, I wouldn't put it past him. However, I will ask, have you ever interacted Chad with a seal? Uh, An actual seal? Yes. (laughs) Oh yeah, gosh yeah. That they're that so uh actually they're so <laughs> curious. Uh seals are such a they're curious animals and um I can't tell you how many times I've been like swimming around uh in third phase out off of San Clemente Island mm-hmm. in the Pacific Ocean. Uh we would obviously go out and uh they would actually make us they would sit us in a classroom and make us watch videos of people getting attacked by sharks. Um, for like a, for like two hours, and then once it got dark, they would make us go out and swim around that island in, mm-hmm. in shark infested waters. <laughs> and um, these seals would swim and actually bump into you. Like they would come up and nudge you, and they would they would swim right underneath you and look you in your eyes, like because they were just so playful and uh, and curious but um at the same time it's nighttime and you've been watching shark attack videos <laughs> and you know, bump you in the leg and like your heart stops your heart misses a beat you know it's it was a wild experience so <laughs> there's your answer uh, i love right, that Alex. answer Alex. i was that's scarier than my jellyfish attack at the last time i was swimming uh, nothing uh, like putting your face into a jellyfish with tentacles it's my favorite story no fun either oh my gosh all right i had uh, to i had to end it with something no, I, light i'm you know? glad you did to add some levity chad i'm sure you don't get to tell that story very often no i don't i don't you're right <laughs> All right. So uh, give us some plugs. Tell us where everybody can find you uh, and, and the 3 of 6 uh, project and, and – I'm sorry, 3 of 7 project. 7, Brian, 7. <laughs> three <of> seven. <laughs> um, my bad. Um, and, and everywhere. Let's go. Yeah, no worries, guys. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, so, yeah, Insta- my Instagram is just Chad Wright, uh, C-H-A-D-D-W-R-I-G-H-T-278. Uh, my name is spelled with two D's. That's been a big thing back and forth. People always ask me, is it one D or two D's? It's two D's. Um, so Chad Wright 278. Um, the podcast is just called Three of Seven Podcasts. That's spelled out Three of Seven Podcasts. That's um, on Apple, iTunes, uh, the whole nine yards. So, um, And then the website is just three of seven project.com. We try to keep it up to date with any new video content um, and, uh, and the information that we're putting out. So yeah, thank you guys a lot. And um, I've really enjoyed the conversation and uh, I hope it goes out and helps at least one person uh, achieve their goals. Well, likewise, Chad, this has been a blast and it's going to help more than, than one, uh, for certain. And, uh, you know, I, at my, I just urge everybody that's listening right now just to share it, uh, share it with a friend, share it to the person who needs it the most or share it to the person who you don't think needs it. Cause the chances are they do too. And, uh, you know, that's the way that we spread this message of yours, man. It's, uh, it's been an honor and, uh, thank you so much. All right. With that said, it's Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prender. And we are two fit crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.